Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. How you doing, Pete? Hello, hello. Doing great. It's, it's great so to be here. good to be back in the yeah. studio. We've had a few weeks uh, kind of doing uh, on locations and uh, other things, but it's good to be back in the studio with you, brother. Yeah, it was cool. This last week, I um, I, I was in California as my, my dad passed away, and I was listening to last week's show, and um, I, I had my mom listen to it with me. And uh, as I was sitting there, I, I, one of the things that I said at the beginning was, does Satan make you pick your boogers or something like that? And you're like, no, Satan doesn't make you pick your boogers. Anyway, that whole, if you, if you haven't listened to last week's show, go back and listen to it. It was really funny. My mom is just cracking up laughing. And uh, it was just, it was such a, it wasn't a great show, but it was just fun. So anyway, I don't know. That's kind of what happened last week. So that's the part yeah. we get out of it. We're kind of in a blah. I mean, Christine and I have been traveling for over a month. And because we, with mission travel, faith tours, we take churches and stuff, you know, the footsteps of Paul and footsteps of Moses and all that. But we were with a church and, um, and then my dad passed away the day that we were coming back. And um, so it was kind of like a whirlwind. So we, we basically, we, we've been, Christine and I have had jet lag for over a month. And and you've so been living out of a suitcase for a month. It's been crazy. It's, it's everything's kind of a fog. It's a little numb. Um, but we, we flowed to California from there and I think it was like 10 hours, you know, jet lag. And so we were dealing with that for the last, this last week. And then we got back yesterday, um, from California and we went to bed late, you know, later, later last night. And we got up this morning. I think it's the first time we've had eight hours sleep in a month. And so we had our own bed, you know, and there's just something about your own bed. Yeah. <clears throat> so we got, we got to, um, yeah, I finally get caught up, but yeah, it's been a whirlwind. I, I think we're the, the way to describe how we feel. It's a fog, I guess. We're numb, I guess is the right word. Um, emotionally distraught, maybe a little bit, you know, we're just uh, discombobulated, but um, I mean, that's, you know, I just, it's part of life at times and this has been our time, but yeah. Yeah. But, you've had a, you've had a crazy month. You were telling me in the, in the show prep, you were telling me a story about when you you got to California. So you got the news that your 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 yeah. dad had died, and you flew to California. You met with the family, and you you shared something with your family and prayed with your family. Well, well hold on one second. So you said something earlier that I want to make sure you you bring out. You you, you share with your family that we're gonna we're gonna do this with joy. We're gonna this week is gonna be about joy. Well, and I think that's that's as a family as a whole is, you know, in our discussion time, we know that. Um, it's, it's going to be about God. We're going to, we're going to seek him. And it's, this is going to be hard. This is going to be tough, but you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And, um, we're not, we're not, you know, it's, it's different. It, it, we, we grieve. Yes. And we're crying. We're going to miss my dad, but, but it's, there's more to it. It's, it's, we, we were simplifying it. We were so grateful that we were all together. You know, and, and so that's why we went to a, to an angel game. It's, it, it wasn't that it's not that we're not mourning, but we're just, we're celebrating his life by having joy. We're celebrating his life by continuing to love on each other to, to do that. And, and also, I mean, part of it is self is distracting. I mean, part of it was we wanted to keep our minds busy, sure. right? Part of it was that. Um, and we had some friends that, that came and joined us at the angel game and so forth. And I know that it impacted their life. And, and I think many of them probably listened to this, but 
it was it, it was a testimony of this family just saying that you know you know in various trials or or tribulations or circumstances and god is still on the throne we still trust him we know that my dad is in in heaven in fact i was i just shared with you the story i i, I haven't slept well at all <clears throat> and christine and i when we got to california we were getting up at like three in the morning we could we couldn't sleep i i don't know it's just our bodies are so, you know, messed up. You're still in Italy time. Yeah, we're just so messed up. So we're just sitting there, but I'm praying, I'm just seeking the Lord. And, and God just, you know, he ministered to my heart and he just said, hey, you know what? This is, so my dad died on Monday and about three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning, um, he just says to me the next day, he says, Pete, hey, your dad is here with me. He's doing great. And he's been here a thousand years. And, and, and it just, it just, floored me it just it kind of you know one it confirmed that god's that my dad's there and i knew that i there was no doubt about it but two it's you know a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is a day in the lord and and it and just rejoiced in that and it was just such a blessing you know hearing the lord just minister to my heart like that but then you know made me think of some i've heard people that have like died for a few minutes you know and they they tell about this story and and they when they come back this is like man i felt like i was there forever but the doctor said it's only been gone for like 20 minutes or something yeah. like that. So it's kind of, that's what made me think of, you know, it kind of confirmed that in my heart and it also brought the scripture alive. So, wow. yeah. So that's kind of the whirlwind that we've been through, but it's been crazy. Been crazy. But you got to go back and listen to that show talking about me seeing if boogers, if picking our boogers by saying that was, that was a highlight for my mom. People it was are going to think fun. there's like a, we have a bet, like, you know, how many times you can say the word booger on, on yeah. the podcast, but there's no bet no. that Pete no. just likes saying. We've had some, I think we had some comments. People would say that, no, Satan doesn't have to tell me to pick my boogers. <laughs> it just happens. It just happens. <laughs> oh my. Well, what are we going to talk about today? You ready to jump into a show? Oh yeah. I'm I, excited. I am too. I can't wait. It's, been, it's been a while. So last show that we actually did together was when I was in Naples. Yeah, two weeks yeah, ago, right? Yeah, yeah, I was in Naples. That was good. So we went through the kind of the Footsteps of Paul tour. Speaking of that, we have a Footsteps of Moses tour coming up. for That's next Tell year. Tell us about that. Yeah. That so sounds we, exciting. Yeah, it sounds exciting because we're going. So next <laughs> June, you guys are invited. So anybody that is listening to this, and if you haven't already registered or signed up, you can do so. Um, we're going to really start ramping up our registration here soon. Um, it's about a year out or a little over a year 18 out. 18 months, yeah. Pete. That's it. So we'll we got to we got to get it booked and we got to get it going. So um, you can go to riotpodcast.com to get more information. Um, but yeah, so that'll be good. Join us. Yeah. Join us. It's going to be an amazing trip. Yep. And we're going to, we're planning on doing a couple podcasts during the trip too. I, so I you so. may be, just by being a part of the yeah. tour, you may get on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be really fun to to go to a location and then do the podcast about on that location about that location. It'd be amazing. Did I you said that? location a lot of times. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. On location. But I can, yeah. I don't know where we're going to do them, but I could picture one at the sea of Galilee. I just, that yeah. just seems like the perfect place. Yeah. Jesus did so much ministry in that area. Yeah. That'd be a really cool place to do a podcast. Can we do something like that on the boat? Like when we're out on the sea of Galilee, uh, go in the front of the boat. That might be stretching it. We have to, we have technology to, might be an issue. Well, we just record it. Oh, that's true. And then we just edit it. <clears throat> That'll work. We don't edit our podcast. Yeah, we do. Not much. Not much. That's not true. Much. That is the truth. It's pretty close to raw. Yeah. yeah there is every once in a while. I it, not Bob, but me. I will say something. <laughs> that, I will say something that needs to be edited. Oh, my. I don't the think floor, that's true. I think now he's not being truthful. I don't know. 
It is. I am being truthful. Every once in a while, we have to Isn't bleep something out. No, every once. Well, Barry, maybe once or twice. But for me, it's definitely <laughs> more often. <laughs> it's not like they're saying bad words or anything, guys. Don't don't read into that the wrong way. No, it's nothing bad. No, it's like it's, it's context. Bad. Yeah. Like if we like, and I get corrected. I get called out on this sometimes when you're going really fast. Um, you say something out of context and it's not that your heart is wrong or you're just trying to mislead anybody, but it just needs to be. Well, I believe that's true because when I go back and listen to the podcast, I don't remember saying half the things I said. Right. It's crazy. It's really, really strange. Yeah. And I I get ministered by it afterwards. It's crazy. I was like, wow, that was awesome. You know, it's the Holy Spirit. Since we don't remember half of what we say, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask that he would guide and direct us. Most certainly. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to just even do this podcast, Lord. We ask that you would use it in in ways that we can't even imagine. Lord, give us strength. Give us wisdom today as we speak. Give us uh, just just help point our listeners uh, with with our words. Just point them back to you, Father. It's not about building the Riot Podcast. It's all about pointing people to you and and uh, revealing maybe a little bit more about who you are and how good you are and how much you love us. So thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're about to do with this show, whether it be Thursday when they listen to it or years from now, Lord, that we pray that you would continue to use it. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about how and why we should forgive. And, you know, it's this is the one area, and this is very important So to our listeners and just to Bob and myself and, and to Christine here, is this is the area that we really need to be an expert in. So, it's, it's going to, it takes humility. It takes brokenness. It takes vulnerability. Um, but it's, it's so vital to our relationship with the Lord. If we are harboring bitterness and, and we're not forgiving, not only of ourselves, of other people, it will hinder your walk with the Lord. And so we're going to talk today how and why we should forgive. And it's, this is a very, very important show. So I just pray that, you know, the Lord just helps use our words and 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 minister to the people that are listening, but it's so, so, so important. So let's dive in and and have some fun with it. It really is, Pete. And like, like Pete said, our our show today is going to be all about how and why we should forgive. Peter reminds me of that, that saying, you know, harboring or keeping, you know, uh, unforgiveness in your heart is like taking poison and expecting the other person. To right. Right. Because it only destroys you. Right. Yep. So we've all done, or you had somebody, you know, do or do something to us or say something to us that hurt us in our lives. You know, it could have been a mean spirited comment. Uh, it could have been, or someone that actually physically harmed you. Yeah. The bottom line is that you have been hurt and are vulnerable to uh, harboring resentment. That's a big word right there harboring resentment and the bitter and bitterness in your heart. And it's just, it's only going to destroy you. Many times we have unforgiveness and or bitterness in our hearts that we are unaware of until someone, usually someone close to us, points it out. Failure to address this immediately may be a major factor in Satan gaining a foothold in your life, preventing you from breaking free from sins that have a stronghold over you. An unforgiven offense is poison to your body, like we talked about earlier. It eats away at you and eventually will consume you. Over time, your decision-making will change. The walls of self-protection will begin to rise in various areas of your life. And unforgiveness and bitterness gradually erodes your joy. Hey, we were speaking about joy earlier. Mm. To the point where you become a prisoner of your own self. It will paralyze your ability to live, to love, and to be loved. Not forgiving someone causes more harm to ourselves and it causes harm to the people we are not forgiving. In fact, many times 
they're not even aware of it. You know, you're aware of it, you're killing yourself and they're not even aware of, uh, of what you're going through. Yeah. And, you know, unforgiveness, it prevents us from living the full life that God intends for us. Instead of promoting justice or unforgiveness, it breeds bitterness. You know, Hebrews 12, 14, 15 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so it, that's, that's the context here is God wants us to live holy. He wants us to live above reproach. But when we have unforgiveness in our our lives, um, the the ability to live holy is is less likely because we are harboring bitterness. We're harboring um, just ugly, yucky, whatever I'm trying to say, and it does not allow us to live in freedom. And um, self protection is one of the major things. You know, I, you hear people you know, I'm never going to allow that person to do that to me again. And so boom, there goes those, those big walls of self-protection or, you know, I've, you know, you, you fool me once, you fool me twice. I'm never going to, whatever it is, right. Boom. There goes that wall again, you know? And, yeah. and then we have unforgiveness towards our brothers, our sisters, our moms, our dads, our relatives, our friends, our best friends, whatever it is, we, we, we justify in our minds why we're not going to forgive them. And, and we're never going to talk to them again. And we're never going to reach out to them again. And we don't realize that what that has done is, is put a wedge between you and God. And there's, without you even knowing it, there is separation and, and there is no freedom. And you are, you are now governed by your own self-will. You're governed by your own uh, mentality or, or, or righteousness by what you think is best, what you think is the most better way to do. And, and you've, you've lost touch with trusting God with it. And, and that's, that's the bottom line with all of it is that you have not surrendered to the Lord. You have not trusted the Lord to that person. All right. With all of that said, there's some people that might be listening that have been raped. They might've been abused as a child. They might've been mentally abused, physically abused, um, tortured. I don't know. There's so many different things. And, and to those people, we can totally understand why you have, don't want to forgive them. I mean, the, the pain and agony, but again, in order to be set free and to have that freedom and that relationship with the Lord, that's, that's, that's real. You got to give them over to the Lord. You have to forgive them. So anyway, so that's what we're going to kind of dive into today. And that's what we're going to walk through. So let's, let's just open this can of worms up yeah. and um, let's just, you know, seek healing, but more importantly, help us to, um, you know, ask the right questions so that we can start finding the road of forgiveness. So yeah. let's go. You know, as you were telling you know, that story, or not the story, but the, those examples, it reminded me of the story of that, that Amish church in Pennsylvania. Yeah, mm. with a school. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the killer comes in and kills all that. The and then the pastor. school kids, and they and the families are like, forgive. Yeah, they forgive them, and we're like, how can? I mean, in our human hearts, we're like, can't even fathom how yeah. how you can do that. But there's a message there. That's where the freedom comes. Like, it's not it's just going to kill you if you keep that poison. Like the best word. Well, yeah. Know. I mean, they were able to do it because they they didn't do it on their own power. Right. They, you. It's. God gives us supernatural power and it's in, it's because we're trusting him with the issue. We're trusting him with the hurt and the pain. Okay. And we, you know, to learn that is what we're going to talk about. So, all right, so let's get into it. So if we're harboring unforgiveness in our hearts, Pete, we will struggle to live in peace with everyone. How can you tell 
you have unforgiveness in your heart. You so know, what are some of the symptoms? Yeah, that's a loaded question because there's there's many things, but let's just read off some of them. And this might help people be aware if there's anything that's in their walk or in their life right now. So first, you might experience bursts of anger. You bottle up your emotions and then explode. Mm. Um, you know, and they're, well, that's not because I have unforgiveness. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, because... <laughs> There's again, that goes with self-protection that goes with certain things that the parameters or the walls that you put in your life. And if something happens that goes against it, th that there's a reason by it. You were hurt somewhere back in the back in the days or something that that happened that causes you to have those bursting. You have anger coming from somewhere and it usually stems from that bitterness. Um, second, you have become petty and impulsive. When interacting with people, you make snide remarks and send passes, passive aggressive texts. You know, that's those, that's your sarcasm, right? Yeah. That's, you know, there's there's something that happened in your past or in your life that has caused you to be impulsive, that has caused you to be petty, that petty, that's caused you to to say those those remarks that are not of God. And, and, and most of the time you can find that back to unforgiveness and there's bitterness there. Third, you are desperate to make people understand how you feel. You say things like, if you only understand what I've been through, or if you just knew what I've, what I had to do and so on and so on, this is justification. You know, there's, there's many things in our life where, you know, we always make it look like we're everything. Oh my gosh, it's so unbelievable. And I'm so hard, whatever, like nothing's happened to other people. Well, you have unforgiveness, you have bitterness, you have something in your, in your life that's causing you to say that you have not surrendered to the Lord, you have not trusted that's it's it's there. Fourth, you make compulsive decisions, you can't control hurting people, you make unnecessary purchases, maybe it involves comfort eating, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's pretty much, you know, it's, it's taking the place of surrender. You know, you're, you're coping with your feelings, you're coping with, um, you know, how you feel, you know, and that's, there's unforgiveness there somewhere. There's hurt and pain that you have not surrendered. Oh yeah. A lot of, um, word, um, thinking up here, sorry, a, a lot of addictions come yep. into this because yep. it's like you're self-medicating. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. And that's from hurt and pain. And that's yeah. because there's been past hurt. We've all been through major pains and hurts. I mean, every one of us have been backstabbed or, or, sure. or yelled at or hurt or taken advantage of. I mean, we live in a, what is it? A dog eat dog world, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever that is, you know, <laughs> I all think right. that's right. Yeah. So fifth, you're not taking responsibility for your feelings. You're blaming others and pretty much anything. You know, oh my gosh, you know, Bob made me do it or my spouse made me do it or it's because of my parents is the reason why I live this way, right? So you haven't forgiven your parents. You, you know, it's because it's the way that they raised me or it's the way this happened. That's their fault. Well, that no, you made the decision yourself. You need to surrender to the Lord and, and, and stop blaming. So that's part of unforgiveness. The victim mentality. Huh? Yeah. Six, you get sick a lot. <clears throat> Withholding forgiveness can actually make you sick. And that's the truth. So people that are just so bitter, they're sick all the time. And it's just, and like we said at the beginning of the show, it's poison. Yep. It just eats away at you. Um, eighth, you simply hate yourself and others around you. I mean, if you're, if you can't stand yourself, then there's, you know, there's pride there, obviously a lot of it. Mm. Um, but it's, it, a lot of times it stems because of the pain that you've experienced in your life. You put up these walls and you just hate everything now. Um, and you have no freedom. You skip seven. What did I say? Oh, seventh is you keep a list of offenses against you. 
Yeah, I mean that that's an obvious one, right? People have a list. Oh my gosh. You got yeah. like on your you got yeah. a whiteboard in your in your office you can keep a list yeah. of all the people that have offended you. Yeah. I heard Kobe Bryant once say he was talking about because he's you know the mamba, the assassin or whatever. But I heard him once say, like, man, you don't want to do me wrong because I, I have my list, right? <laughs> I'm gonna come at you, you know, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, I heard but, I have heard people say that. Yeah. I have a list. Yeah. I usually it's usually an explicit in front of it, but yeah. I'm not going to say. That. Yeah, but if you have a list, that's not good. Not that, good. That's pretty much, yeah, you haven't forgiven them. You're people. admitting that you have unforgiveness. And the last one possibility is that you gossip about people who have harmed you. And the final possibility is that you replay, you replay in your mind the offenses someone has committed against you. You find yourself fixating so much on the past that you've allowed it to define everything you do. And, uh, you know, that's that, you know, I've talked to so many people that have their past, you know, they'll tell you about their past experience, their past hurts, their past pains. Mm. They just cannot move on. They have not let it go. They have not forgiven and let go. Um, and so if any of that, if you've heard those and any of those of, um, maybe registered on your radar as, yeah, maybe I'm struggling with that. Okay. This show's for you. So, we're going to kind of just walk through if if this is something that you are dealing with or for how to, how to find um, a way to, you know, surrender this and to, you know, move on. But I mean, you have to ask yourself, what signs of forgiveness do you currently demonstrate in your own life? And uh, based off of what we said, maybe listen to this a couple of times and just listen to what we just said. But um, if there's something there uh, right now, just surrender it to the Lord and say, God, I want to be helped here. I want to I want to be forgiven. I want to learn. Um, how to not have that and and who if anyone are you harboring an unforgiveness against that has hurt you so if there's anybody that pops in your head right now you know that person is probably the person that you need to maybe go to you know you need to confess in your own heart and and confess out loud and ask for forgiveness from these people and, and then also um, maybe you know just say I forgive you and just let it go and surrender to the Lord and just and work through that and if it keeps popping back in your head over and over again, you need to continue to keep surrendering to the Lord until you're completely set free of this. Um, but those are, I mean, seriously, we need, you need to be forgiven. If you want to have a close walk with the Lord, you have to have that forgiveness. Yeah. I believe if you, if you ask God to reveal those things to you, he will. I know he will. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's his will, right? That's yeah. Yeah. yeah well, keep listening too. And I think as we go through more and more of this, I'm sure more things might pop in your head. So, all right. All right. Forgiving will never make a wrong right, but we should never hold sins against others. The hurt, pain, and the memory may still be there, but even if someone does not apologize, we must release them so we ourselves are not in bondage. Prison is a depressing place to be. Many, many Christians are imprisoned by unforgiveness. Even when the abuser repents, the abused continues to carry the pain. Only Jesus can heal our wounds and grant us the grace to truly forgive. See Psalm 147.3. We've all offended at some point, and in the end, we've all pierced and hurt God's son. Yeah, so this this puts it in perspective, doesn't it? So yeah. people that are lacking forgiveness or unforgiveness, are they're making it about themselves. <laughs> and so they're blaming themselves, they're blaming the victim, um, they, they're, you know, it's, they don't feel it. what they did was right or whatever it is. It's always about themselves. But when we, we take the focus off ourselves and let's just put it on Christ and what we, and, and, and just admit that, Hey, we've all offended somebody. We've all hurt other people. That kind of now puts it in perspective. You know, how could anyone harbor ill will toward them when Jesus has forgiven us all of our ill will toward him? 
And nothing compares to that. We have no reason to hold anything against anyone because God forgives us. Sin against man is forgivable, but sin against the holy God of the universe is unacceptable. And so it's, I think that should help us a little bit. So you can see where we're going with that. We just talked about and asked the question, is there any harboring unforgiveness of sins? Is there any of this in our life? And, and most of us can probably say, yes, there's something there. But now the next question is now let's put it in perspective. Okay. Let's, let's see this from God's eyes. Let's see this from the spiritual perspective. And so now ask the question, have you ever held bitterness or resentment towards God because of something someone else has done to you? And I think that's a great question because a lot of times people blame God. Yeah. You know, if you're a good God, why did you allow them to do that to me? If you're a good God, why did that happen? And, and so, I mean, that's a whole nother show in itself, but he is a good God and he did not allow that to happen to you. What happened to you was sin. The manifestation of sin in someone's flesh uh, lived out that sin. And you and we live in a fallen world, in a sinful world. And because he's a good God, he never leaves you nor forsake you. Because he's a good God, he's always been there to get you through. Because he was persecuted, because he was mistreated and, 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 and beaten and lied about and everything else. He understands exactly what you're going through. He was a good God. He did everything perfectly and he was still betrayed. So he understands it. But many times we've made things about ourselves that we have bitterness towards God. And we really need to ask for forgiveness of that because, uh, you know, he gets what you've been through and he's a good God and he loves you and he'll help walk you through it. Um, he says, you know, oh, he's overcome the world. So because he's overcome the world, so can we, and we can learn from him and trust him. So, all right. The Bible says a lot about forgiveness and unforgiveness. In fact, the parable of the unforgiven debtor recorded in Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35 says this. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70, but 77 times. Or is it 70 times, seven times? I can't. Can't read well, right. Actual word, but yes, that's what it's meaning is 70 times seven. 70 times seven. Yeah. Which is 490 if my math is correct. Right. In one day. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wishes to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all they had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me. I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. Sound familiar? He refused and went and put him in prison until he, could, until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported it to their master, all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. 
so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brothers from your heart. So again, this is putting it into perspective. So the reason why we don't forgive is because we've made it about ourselves. Okay. So we've, we've taken it personally, you know, we've been victimized. We, you know, we're, you know, we're in the right and they're in the wrong and so forth. And so what this is saying is, well, no, you're just as much in the wrong as they were. Um, You're still a sinner. You have still fallen short. And, and God has had mercy on you and he has shown you kindness and love. And, and how are you not going to show kindness and love to somebody else? And, and so it's, it's God, Jesus in a loving way is helping them understand that you're not all that you think you are. You know, you, you're just as messed up. You're just, you have just as many shortcomings as everybody else. And let's face it. And that's, and you know, I was, we've talked about this in the past. I've burned bridges in the past and I, I, I refuse to burn bridges. Now I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that bridge isn't burnt anymore. But in my past, in my younger days, I just didn't care. And, and I would just, I don't know what it was. It was just like, you know, they'll, they'll suck it up. They'll figure it out or whatever. Right. And I would just, I would just turn and burn basically. And I've had to do a lot of repairing in my life and I've had to go back in my past and I've had to ask for forgiveness and I've had to forgiven uh, some people. And, you know, it, it's a lot of effort, but once I realized that, man, I am a broken sinner saved by grace and, and I am, and God has shown me so much mercy and so much grace I need to extend that same to everybody and I need to ask for it as well. And, and it took a lot of work and there might be some people here that are listening and there's something that's popping in your head. I know God's speaking somehow. You're going to have to do the extra effort. You're going to have to maybe go somewhere. You're going to have to maybe call somebody. Um, and, but more than anything else, you need to be broken before God and you need to ask him for forgiveness because if you're holding bitterness and harboring this over these people for so long just just remember that God forgave you you know and and so what i don't know what was your thoughts i'm laughing cuz i've been studying the book of jonah and this is this is chapter 4 of jonah <laughs> jonah gets upset because god spares nineveh and it's the same thing yeah. it's the exact same thing yeah. he forgets that god has already spared him yeah and uh, he's up. Uh, it's well, that, just too funny. Well, that just I'm gives just seeing the parallels in this. Well, it's not even that. I mean, that's just the context of the Bible. I mean, God is constantly trying to share with His people that, hey, I'm God, and I've forgiven you, and you're not, and <laughs> I love you, yeah, and you're not, and and come to me. And I want to give you rest. And yeah. I want to give you peace. And that's what we're talking about right now. And that's the context of the Bible. But but for whatever reason, we've taken ownership of this, and and it, we've taken the poison pill. And we feel like we we're, we are, you know, we're an authority and that we have the right to not forgive and not to do all these things. And God is saying, no, you don't. You don't. <laughs> not you so don't. much. No. Nope. All right. All right. Jesus informed Peter that he must forgive 490 times a day. That's just mind boggling. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's forgiving someone every three minutes. Given how frequently our minds race, that number doesn't appear to be implausible, does it? In the parable of the unforgiven debtor, the first guy owed the king millions of dollars. But when he asked for forgiveness, the loan was forgiven. As sinners, we too owe a substantial debt that we are unable to pay. But God showed us tremendous mercy by paying up our debt in full through the blood of Jesus. We have been forgiven much. Amen. The second individual owed the first individual many thousands of dollars. 
Now, this is not a little amount of money, but the first man had a far greater debt canceled. Given the extraordinary charity extended to him by the king, he should have readily shown mercy to the second guy. Since we've experienced so much forgiveness in our lives, we should extend same to others. The forgiven must forgive. Yeah, and I think that, you know, again, when we're selfish people and, and, it's, and, it, and we make everything about us, we forget about our role in life. We, we, we become prideful. We become arrogant. And, and this has been the biggest transformation in my life is I've learned that in the light of Christ, I am a dark, ugly person. And you know what? Here's the, here's the truth. Everybody that's listening, I still have darkness in my heart and it, and it reveals itself often. And sometimes I hate it. And sometimes I ask myself, Lord, where is that coming from? And, and God, in his loving way, just reminds me that I'm, you're a work in progress. You know, I'm still doing a work in you. I'm still molding and shaping you into my image. And you have not arrived. And, and it's like, man, you aren't you right? And, and I think that every time that this happens to me, every time that I realize how fall, how, that when I fall short, and it happens often, I'm just constantly reminded of how good he is because he does not condemn me. And, and I was just sharing you with my devotion time this morning in John 8, it was talking about the woman that got caught in adultery and Jesus was writing on the, on the thing, you know, who sinned against you first, you know, and neither do I sin, you know, neither I to condemn you, he said, but God, when Jesus looks at you, people listen to this, when he looks at you, he does not see your sin. Amen. He does not. What he sees is he loves you, period. What is condemning you is your sin. But what it reveals to you is your desperate need of a savior. And so when we hold and harbor bitterness and forgive unforgiveness against somebody, it's basically us saying that we're God and that we know best. And God is saying, listen, you're condemning that person and I have never condemned you. So why are you condemning them? I have forgiven you of all of your sins. And he made an exaggerated amount, 490 times per day. And, and he's like, and I want you to go and do likewise. And he's telling us, the, if you're not forgiving, you're, you're, you're harboring bitterness and callousness, and you cannot have a relationship with me that's intimate. Because I have already forgiven you of all of your sins. You have to do the same thing to other people. And so it's, it's imperative that we hear this message. You know, when we have been betrayed, wrongly accused, rejected, mistreated, and humiliated, recall that Jesus was betrayed by Judas, wrongly accused by the courts, rejected by Peter, mistreated and beaten by the soldiers, and publicly humiliated on the cross. Jesus experienced all of these transgressions in a human form so that he could comprehend every difficulty we would face. Today, when we approach him with our hurts, he can honestly respond to us, I understand, I've been there too. Not only is Jesus now able to emphasize with our suffering, but he also is able to offer an example of how we should respond when we suffer at the hands of others, because he went through these hardships. Jesus asked the Father at his death to forgive those that had cursed him and nailed his hands and feet to the cross by saying they have no idea what they're doing, Luke 23, 34. In actuality, they knew precisely what they were doing when they murdered a guy they despised and ensured he felt every ounce of their hatred. 
Jesus understood that the oppressors were blinded by hatred, but he chose to see their deeds from a heavenly perspective. Offenses will inevitably occur, so we must arm ourselves with Jesus' way of thinking. If we begin to see others as God does, we will love them like Jesus did, regardless of what they do to us. You know, and, and what Jesus was seeing with those, those, those guys that were beating him and betraying him is he's saying, listen, they do not understand that I came to die for them. They don't understand it. They're, they're doing what they, their flesh understands. They're, they're doing what they feel is best. And, 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 and the, the same thing goes when he sees people that are doing bad. He just says, I see pain in you. You're, you're trying to find love in all the wrong places. You're trying to find meaning. You're trying to find purpose. You're trying to find your identity. You're trying to find what makes you tick, right? And, and, and you're acting out what you're looking for. You're acting out what you're seeking. And if you're seeking the flesh, you're seeking things of your own self, you're going to be acting out the things of the flesh. You're going to be acting out the things of the self. And Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to seek the things of the spirit. And I want you to, to love people the way that I love them because they're hurting because you're hurting. I want to bless you. I want to, I want to pour my life into you. I want to give you purpose. I want to give you my love. I want to give you my kindness. I want to give you my gentleness. I want to, I want to, I want to elevate you above myself, as Paul said in, in, in Philippians. He wants, there's, Jesus is constantly saying that that's what he came to do. I did not come to be served. I came to, to serve. I didn't come as a king. I came as a servant. I came to elevate, you know, and, and that's the lesson that he gave us. And so if we can learn to see people the way that Christ sees them, our life changes radically. We forgive them, cast them over the Lord and love them, move on. So I don't know. Is that any other thoughts to that? Well, I think you're, asking a question here, how can we forgive people in our heart and see them as Jesus sees them? And I think really that's, you, you almost got to put a comma in there and because that's how you forgive them is by seeing them, how Jesus sees them. Yeah. So the, I think your answer is in, is in the question. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. One of the main reasons we don't forgive someone who has hurt us is that we don't believe it's fair to let them off the hook. I yeah. think it's so true. Yeah. We convince ourselves that we uh, that they, not we, that they do not deserve forgiveness. But God does not follow the logic of fairness. There is no fair. I would tell my daughter this all the time, Pete, there is no fair. There's right and wrong. Yeah. Which is a good thing because none of us deserve to be forgiven by Jesus. If we were, if we were, oh wait, if we are to be set free from the shackles of our unforgiveness, or of the unforgiveness, we must first recognize our own flaws. Romans 3.23 says, because we have all sinned and fall short, of the glory of God. Yeah, so that's the theme. And, and again, the reason why, we, back to the very beginning, the reason why we have unforgiveness is because we're selfish being and we have not forgiven. Um, and the reason why we're not able to do that is because we haven't recognized that we're sinners just as much as they are. Yeah. And we haven't accepted that. So the next step is to keep our focus on the real enemy. The devil is the enemy, not people. Jesus chose to see people as people who were blinded by their own hatred and were unaware, unaware of his love. Our approach should be to love people while despising the devil. First Peter 5 eight says, be alert, your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we must truly accept God's love in our own heart. This will give you the ability to love others. If we are constantly struggling to love others, 
it is possible that we have not fully received God's love. First John 4, 10, not that we have loved God, but that he first loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So it's, that's the bottom line is that if we can't love other people, it's because we haven't experienced God's love. But if you have truly surrendered your life to the Lord and saw yourself in the light of Christ, and I understand that you are broken and messed up, but man, his grace is sufficient for your life. Now you've experienced that love and it changes you. And if it's transformed you and changed you, as Romans 12 says, then man, you can go ahead and love other people. But now you can see them like Jesus. Sees. Now you can see them like Jesus is. But what are practical steps you can do to love people that have hurt you? So that's a question you have to ask. What, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? What are practical steps people can do that have hurt you? I think we're going to talk about this a little bit in a minute. I think you almost you've got to get the focus off of yourself. If you're all if you're it's like self pity and you you're a victim and you look at yourself and see yourself that way i think it's impossible you can't do it but until you see yourself like god sees you now that like it's we said earlier it frees you from those shackles it frees you from that bondage now kind of the whole world open it's like this like we're paul right the the scales are removed from his eyes you start seeing things that that you don't normally see because now you have a right perspective of who you are but more importantly, who, who our Heavenly Father is. Yeah, and again, the first, you're right, Bob, the first thing is um, get on your knees before God and repent. Um, that's the first thing. And and then worship Jesus. Um, draw close to Him. And and as you're doing that, just ask the Lord to reveal to you these area, these people that you need to talk with or ask for forgiveness with or forgive. Um, it might be someone that's died or passed on. I mean, that could be that. You still need to do it. Um, and then you just continue to draw and press into the Lord. And as you do that, um, it, the goodness of God is going to reveal to you your next steps. And, and moment by moment, as God is revealing to you, you are to be obedient and that adjust your life and then go and forgive. And for some, it might be a long list. Some might be one person. Um, but the bottom line is I pray that the spirit of God is touching your heart right now and is revealing to you these people, because this is so, so important for your relationship with the Lord. And then there's some that we're, let's get into our transition. I yeah. mean, this is, there's so many people that have hurt so many people and there's like, God can never forgive me. I'm so, I've done so much wrong. God can never forgive me. So let's kind of talk about that a little bit and, yeah, and move on. You hear that a lot. People say that. Yeah. All right. So it is difficult for many of us to forgive others because we have not first forgiven ourselves. Self-forgiveness is a hard subject to talk about. Why is it so hard for us to let ourselves off the hook? How can I forgive myself for hurting someone, we ask? Or how can I forgive myself for making a mistake or making that bad choice? Yeah, a warning sign should always go off in your head if you've ever said, I can't forgive myself. The truth is you won't forgive yourself as long as you believe you can. In other words, our beliefs shape our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. The best way to change our mindset about self-forgiveness is to better understand what the Bible says on the topic. If you do not choose self-forgiveness, you will most likely experience regret and self-hatred, which can lead to depression. In other words, you're beating yourself up for past mistakes. And, and, and you know, we're going to talk about this, but the bottom line is Jesus 
once you've surrendered your life to the Lord, he does not see any of your past. Mm. And if Jesus has set you free from that, then you need to set yourself free from that. That's the bottom line. And yes, are there consequences of sin? Yes, you yes. might be incarcerated. You might have you might have to reap what you sow. That's the that's the bottom line. That's the same thing with the 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 lady that I just talked about. She was caught in adultery, right? Well, she's reaping the the repercussions of her actions, right? She's probably miserable. She's seeking the next lover, whatever it is. She's miserable. But Jesus, at the end of it, he says, "I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more." If you don't want to have condemn, condemnation, walk with Jesus and don't sin. Because that the con condemnation is yourself and the sin. You're separating yourself from the Lord. But it's not Jesus that's holding it over to you. It's yourself. And if Jesus isn't, you need to let it go. So oh, good. And so that's it. So do you have a habit of replaying past events in your mind in America around? That's the people that have uh, lack self-forgiving themselves is they replay their their problems. They've messed up. They've hurt people. They've Some have done horrible. Some have killed people. Some have raped people. Some have... You know, they've cut, said horrible things. I mean, there's so many things that we do that's ridiculous. We've all done it, by the way, people. There's not one of us that have not said something really stupid. You know, Bob just said something stupid to a guy the other day and he had to repent. So, I mean, it, it just happens. <laughs> it does happen. All right. It does happen. It's funny you brought that up. Not that, that part of it, but uh, Saturday morning, I, I shared with the men, uh, Romans 8, 1, you know, about no condemnation. and But reminded them is, that, it's about no condemnation. It doesn't mean there's no consequence. Oh, so um, kind of got to separate those two things. But yep. it's a beautiful thing that God does not see the sin anymore. Yep. Yep. But the law of reaping, sowing and reaping still applies. Always. You can't get rid of that. It's, well, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a law of nature. It, it has to happen. Yep. All right. Without self-forgiveness, you will continue to replay the tape of what you said or did, compounding feelings of shame, of guilt, sadness, regret, and so on. Forgiving yourself can lead to a happier and healthier life. You know what? I'm going to change that. Forgiving yourself will lead to a happier Amen. and healthier life. Amen. Your energy will no longer be depleted by memories of the past. Most importantly, you will experience the freedom that God intended and planned for your life. John 8, 36 says, you will be truly free if the Son sets you free. Yeah, and it's and, and the, the, I think the scary part is you it's it's there's going to be a, the people that you've hurt might not forgive you right that's the scary part the people that you've done damage to they might have labeled you for the rest of your life um that sucks but you're no longer accountable to them you're now accountable to god and if god has set you free you're free indeed and so uh now just press into him you know and and you know here's what this is what changes people's views your transformation if you if you become like Jesus, you'll be filled with love, grace, mercy, kindness, goodness, and there is no way that they can deny that. And it's only Jesus that can change you. It's only him that can give you a new identity. And it's because it's no longer your identity. As Paul says, I no longer live, but Christ that lives within me. Amen. And if you start living that way, man, I'm telling you, your life will start being changed right before your eyes. And people slowly over time will recognize, and you'll be a light and a testimony to them that, yes, God can change a life. Somebody is always watching Pete. That's true. It's true. So the initial step in forgiving oneself is to have an accurate perception of yourself and of God. The most effective strategy to clarify our vision is to examine what the Bible says about self-forgiveness. Romans 5.8, but God, God, but God displays his own love for us by the fact that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Mm -hmm. 
This means that out of our out of His great love for us, of every one of us, God sent Christ to die on our behalf so that we may be forgiven and redeemed. God never intended for us to achieve perfection. In fact, He anticipated that we would not properly get it right. Insert Christ. <laughs> Perfection is not a requirement to achieve God's love and acceptance. We were not forgiven for doing the right thing. We were forgiven solely because of Jesus and him doing the right thing. We have to understand that. It's not because we're good. It's because he's good. If God forgives you, why do you think we struggle with forgiving ourselves? What do you think it is? I think because we don't have the right view of who God is. Yeah. Yeah. We want to waller in our sin. You know, a lot of us like, oh man, I just fell short again. And then you want to waller and you're saying, God says, dudes, get up, <laughs> repent of your sin and run to him. He does not condemn you. Continue to follow, walk in his, in his footsteps. So, all right. All right. It says in, in 1 John 2, 2, that Jesus is the sacrifice that makes up for our sins and the sins of everyone else in the world. If Christ's death on the cross can cover everyone's sins, why can't you let go of your mistakes and bad choices from the past? Sin is usually viewed by people in different levels, such as you tell a little white lie and you reason in your heart that it isn't as bad as telling lies all the time, right? Well, <laughs> it is. The truth is this. All sin is sin in God's eyes. See James 2.10. You either sin or you don't. And I have a newsflash for you. We all sin. Sin is what keeps us from being close to God. Christ is the link between God and us. It's that bridge Pete was yeah, talking about. Yeah. God sent Christ to you because he wants you and loves you very, very much. Yeah. So once we're in Christ, sin no longer has power over us. God says in Romans 8, 1, 2, that there is no condemnation. So why would we go against the creator of the world by condemning ourselves? In other words, what we are saying when we do this is that Jesus is not enough. He is enough, and we could take him at his word. We are forgiven of all of our sins from yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Simply let go of your past sin towards someone, surrender it to God, and allow God's truth of forgiveness to be your new reality. That's the bottom line. So do you believe your regrets are bigger than the grace and salvation God has provided for you by his son? I mean, that should be absolutely no. I mean, of course not, because God is bigger than all of that. He overcomes all of that. But that's what you're saying when you don't let it go. That's it. You're you're saying that your regrets are bigger than God's provision. All right. In order to live in freedom of self-forgiveness, it is vital to spend time with God, renewing your mind and praying. See Romans 12, 1 and 2. Renewing your mind with the word of God is literally cleaning the lens you view everything through. How you perceive God, the world around you, and yourself is influenced by what goes into your mind. God never said that forgiveness would be easy. Mm -hmm. In fact, sometimes the opposite is true. But take heart in God's word and accept his truth for your own life. His instructions to us uh, really do work, and they will lead us into the pathways of righteousness where we can live again. Yeah, I mean, it's like the you know the uh, the the breast. What is it? The belt of truth. I mean, we have to accept the fact that God's words and truth really do work. And and you can testify to that. I could testify to that by my own life. I've seen the transformation in my own life. And so, yes, I've trusted him with it, and I know that what he says is true, and so it works. But over time, we will begin to find ourselves free from the ghost of our past. We will walk with no more guilt, no more hiding, and no more shame, just free in God's love. Ephesians 4, 25 through 35 says, Therefore, having put away falsehoods, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, 
for we are members of one of one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And so again, what that's talking about is just trust the Lord. Stop trusting yourself. Try, stop believing the lies of Satan and, and just get into the word. Start pressing into him. Start you know, finding yourself intimate with him. So if there's a, lack of, uh, there's a lack of unforgiveness in your walk, that means that you're probably not walking closely with the Lord. If you're living a life of bitterness, that means that there's a relationship problem with the Lord because God sets you free from all of that. And, and you might need extra help. You might need to reach out to a pastor. You might need counseling. You might need to reach a Christian counselor and work through this because some of this is really hard. And especially if people have abused you or you've been hurt really bad in the past or you've hurt really bad people, um, you might need extra help. And, and we'd love to get help get you started too. So you can reach out to us and uh, we can get you in the right direction if this is you. So, yeah. All right. All right. Um, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up fits the occasion. And it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slanger be put away from you, along with all malice. Yeah, I mean, I've just learned that people that have unforgiveness in their hearts or are bitter are the people that talk slander a lot. And, you know, you can always tell there's a callous remark, there's a sarcastic mark, there's something that's just not right, there's carnality in their, in their voice. Um, I can tell you immediately when I hear that, that there's unforgiveness there, and there's bitterness built up. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things is, you know, as a family, um, we love the Lord, and, and my, we've, been, we've known my dad has been close to passing away for some time, and many of that that are listening to this have known him. He's, he's just a good guy. You know, he's a good man, and, you know, he taught us so much. He taught us hard work, discipline, focus. Uh, you know, he was an overcomer, and, and, you know, his life is definitely a life of redemption, you know, and um, so it was, it was pretty incredible, but one, one of the things that's true, my mom is, a, I would say she's the anchor of our family. And my mom is, you know, she's the reason why I walk with the Lord. I mean, my mom has always been about her sons walking holy, you know, I mean, mm. it's, she has, you know, three boys and, you know, she's been that, and she's also been the rock of this, the family in general, but you know, more than anything else, what we've learned as a family is um, it's, you know, we are going to surrender to the Lord and we're going to trust in the Lord and we're going to, we're going to walk with him. And, and, and it doesn't matter what circumstance it is. And, um, you know, and we're a witness to, to many people around us, you know, and people look at us. And, and so we're not perfect, obviously. And, you know, there's many things, but as we got there and we landed on Monday and, and, you know, my dad just passes away and the following day we get together and we're just, we're hanging out and we're just, you know, what is, what do we do and what's next? And we're just starting the process, you know, the plan of the memorial and everything else that comes with it. And, you know, the Lord just put it on my heart and says, Hey, why don't we just, you just, we're going to go to an angel game. You know, and so, you know, we're in California. And so we went to the angel game, Shohei Itani was pitching. And um, any of you that don't know who Shohei Itani is, shame on you. You should probably go look him up because he's incredible. Um, probably Babe Ruth of our time, right? When you right. describe it. Yeah. So anyway, so we just. Uh, like that computer thing, garbage in, garbage out. Right? It, it's true. And, and, it's, and if they've believed Satan's lies, they believe that they're God of their own life and they have not surrendered. And. And if that's you, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just be broken before the Lord today. 
Um, I pray that you would just say, God, I, I can't keep doing this. I, I've been doing it wrong. I need to forgive. I need to be set free from this. And, and if that's you, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would just touch your heart, that you would experience his love now and that you would just be broken before him and, and that you would just confess your sins, that you would repent and that you would just ask God to forgive you. And, uh, and if you're, you're a child of God and, and you've been surrendered to the, uh, you're, you need to re recommit your life then do that now. Or uh, maybe this is an area, maybe you've been walking with the Lord for some time and, and this is a, you just realize that this is an area that you haven't dealt with, with yet. Well, today's the day to deal with it. Um, call that person, ask for forgiveness or make amends, do the thing that's right and surrender it to the Lord and trust God with your problems and see people the way that God sees them. And if you're listening to this and you've never given your life to the Lord, well, today's the day. Right now, all you need to do is just say, God, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. And, and I want to turn from all of my past ways. And I want to learn to walk in your ways. I want to get to know you, God. And, and, I want, and I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again on the third day. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. And I believe that you can save my life right now. And, and you just confess that to God and, and, and repent of your sins and then start walking holy and obediently with him and, uh, and surround yourself with like-minded Christians and, and, and Bible-believing Christians and, and get plugged into your church and start reading your word and, and just start that process. And, and if that is you, we would love to hear from you. We can help you. You know, if you reach out to us and if you give in your life, we will walk through this journey with you and get you started. We get you plugged in and the materials or anything else that you need. Um, you just got to reach out to us. And so Bob, how, how could they get a hold of us? If, yeah. Great if, question. There's lots of ways to do that. But first I would just say, go to the riotpodcast.com. go to our website. We've got a bunch of, uh, there, there's tabs there. We'll kind of explain everything. Lots of ways to reach out to us. Um, you can also reach us on our social media sites on Facebook, on Twitter, um, the riot podcast. And uh, I just wanted to remind you, though, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. That way, every time a new one comes out, you will be notified right away. And if you're one of those that are watching us on YouTube, first of all, hello. I hope you're having a wonderful week. It's good to see you. And uh, hit that subscribe button right now and then click on the little bell. And then again, every time a new podcast gets released, you will be notified. You will be the first to know and you get to see Pete's hair. So you don't want to miss out on that. So Pete, what an amazing show. I hope this has helped some people. I think all of us, you know, at one time or another, or currently even, uh, we hold on to things. We hold on to anger and bitterness, and it really is a poison that's going to destroy us. And I just pray our listeners would take this message to heart and uh, would just, man, just turn it over to the at the foot of the cross. Yeah. You don't need to carry it. Mm. Jesus died for, you know, things like this. Yeah. You know, let's just turn it over to him. And, uh, man, guys, have an amazing, amazing week of worship. Can't wait to uh, talk to you again next week. Yeah. Pete, great to be back in the studio. I yeah. miss this time. Yeah. Be blessed, everyone. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.